1: Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about
2: LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember,
3: so you know where to start.
1: L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com.
3: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK System sets through June 16, 2024.
4: See
1: participating retailer for details.
4: Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Monday edition of Move the Sticks. Brett Lewis here with our former NFL scouts lead draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah Bucky Brooks. Ready here on a, another Sunday that felt entirely upside down. <laughs> Let me just correct me if I'm uh, if I'm wrong here, but the number one total and scoring defense of the Buffalo Bills got absolutely dominated. Yeah, uh, the number one total and scoring offense got absolutely shut down. Yeah, it's, we, Just, we could do a full hour every week of stuff we second. don't know yes. that we think we know. We have no idea. This league changes every single week. And we are going to show you exactly what went right and wrong for some of those teams. We start, as we do each Monday, with our big three. Speaking of that number one uh, total and scoring offense, yeah, they found out that the Chiefs are on a roll, notching their fourth straight win and doing it with defense. I repeat, the Chiefs are winning with Defense over the Cowboys here on Sunday, limiting Dallas to just 276 total yards of offense and putting constant pressure on Dak Prescott, who had zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Cowboys fall 19-9, lowest point and yardage output of the season for Dallas. And, Bucky, how did the Chiefs, Pass rush contribute to those totals for the Cowboys?
2: The domination up front was real. And I think the number one thing that happened for the Kansas City Chiefs, Chris Jones moved back inside to his natural position of defensive tackle and he dominated. Three and a half sacks, two tackles for loss. It was all over the field. The penetration uh, was persistent and he did a great job of just completely disrupting the timing and the rhythm of the passing game. And when you get Chris Jones going, then you get some of the other guys going. It allows the coverage to be a little more comfortable. And it took the Cowboys out of their game. It was a great performance by this pass rush. And it's one that I think
1: Steve Spagnuolo can hang his hat on. And look for the Cowboys, would it have helped to have Tyron Smith out of yeah. left tackle? Of course it would have, but everyone took their lumps in this game, including the all pro Zach Martin, who found out just how tough, oh, yeah. how difficult it is to deal with Frank, with, uh, with Chris Jones in the interior. And then when you get Chris Jones and Frank Clark lined up right next to each other, man, that caused some trouble for the Cowboys uh, in this game who had Dak Prescott, uh, I mean, he yeah, had a passer rating of 45 when he was under pressure in this game, which felt like a lot. And almost every pass, every one out of every three passing attempts for Dak Prescott came under duress. Of course, they are without Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb leaves in this game too, so a little bit decimated out there at wide receiver. But, man, this is not what you expect, DJ, from a number one total offense and total scoring offense as well. Good news, though. Spot on the defensive line. Yeah,
0: I mean, when you flip over the other side of the tape and you watch what Micah Parsons is doing, wow. especially what he's doing coming off the edge, they're going to have a big decision to make with him in terms of how they want to use him. I love the versatility, I love the fact he can play off the ball, you can put him in the middle of the field, but for me, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys going forward, we are going to park you on the edge. That is where you're going to live. This is, I'm not, I'm not exactly, this is a 15, 16, 17 sack edge rusher. Yeah. And if you want to look at it from Micah Parsons' perspective, I don't know, TJ Watt makes 28 million a year. Joey Bosa makes 27 <laughs> million a year for the top five paid right. defensive players in the league, our edge rushers. I'd be lobbying heavy if I were him to make that my full time position. If
1: we went back to that tape, um, doesn't it usually take two players to stop an option? <laughs> yes. Uh, I think yeah. Micah Parsons yeah, that a solo, that solo, that was a yeah. solo uh, on uh, stopping that read option for Patrick Mahomes, so much so he had to just curl up in a little ball <laughs> and go down. I mean, Micah has been an <laughs> he, absolute hey, he's revelation. A, he's in the defensive player of the year. Not, not, not rookie. just rookie, no, right. yeah. He's in the defensive player of the year conversation. It feels like he has the DROI Absolutely. locked up yeah. here at this point among rookies. Uh, see if he can get into the, uh, the big boy conversation there before it's all said and done. Let's move to game two of our big three. And for that, we take it to Minneapolis. The Minnesota Vikings get back to. 500 and back into the nfc playoff picture after a 34 31 division win over the green bay packers who still sit atop the nfc north but they waste a four touchdown performance from aaron Rodgers because that packers defense facing the full force of one of the nfl's most difficult to deal with offenses and i feel like that sometimes flies a little bit under the radar here dj but I mean, like, it's a pick-your-poison kind of deal trying to slow down Minnesota.
0: Yeah, I saw that when I was getting ready for that game against the Chargers, and you're studying them, and I always try and look at it, okay, from a scouting perspective, who do you try to take away? What should right. be the focal point? And you go, okay, well, Dalvin Cook, you're one of the best running backs in the NFL. you got to find a way to slow him down. Well, I don't know. I don't want the ball to sail over my head. You've got Justin Jefferson to deal with. Adam Thielen can do his work in the middle of the field. It is a lot to deal with, and I feel like – Kirk Cousins, we talk about the receivers, we talk about the running back. Let's give Kirk Cousins some love. He is playing outstanding football. I'd put his numbers up this year against any other
1: quarterback in the league. He's got the best touchdown-interception ratio in football right now, and if like you're talking about MVPs being a quarterback award – Like, Kirk Cousins is low-key in that conversation here for the Minnesota Vikings. And, look, they they were taking advantage of whatever the the Packers were throwing at them on defense. Felt like uh, the Packers busted some some zone defense Mm -hmm. looks early. And then they found out late that Justin Jefferson is almost impossible to cover (laughs) one-on-one, which we saw in this game with the explosive plays. Kirk Cousins, by the way, on average, threw the ball 11 yards down the field. That was almost double what his yards per attempt average has been throughout the course of this season. So they found some holes in that Packers secondary was missing their best. Court.
2: Yeah, look, they found some hole, and it was, it was bound to happen. Anytime you're missing a high-level player like is Yari Alexander and some of the other guys that they're missing defensively, Rashawn Gary, not able to pressure the passer, You're going to have more time to exploit some of the backups, and that's what Kirk Cousins was allowed to do. And then you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, two of the best route runners in football. It doesn't matter if you have your A-team available. They are hard guard, particularly when you have Dalvin Cook, who can command so much attention. So when you talk about this being an offense that is difficult to match up with, I don't know who you started the week saying we want to erase this person and take them out of the game plan because it enhances our chances to win. Because all of the players on the perimeter can certainly
1: win by themselves if you allow them to go big. Guys, I'm just telling you, blood pressure medication in the Twin Cities is impossible (laughs) to find. The Vikings have played seven games this year that have been decided on the very last play. Including this one with the Greg Joseph 29-yard field goal. To win it, I mean, like, if you want to talk about a team that's going to be Mm -hmm. in this playoff discussion here, battle-tested, it's the Minnesota Vikings, who are very much in the thick of things, and were benefited by the Carolina Panthers losing. The Washington Football Team. Let's move on to game number three of the Big Three, and that was here at SoFi Stadium on Sunday night. Chargers nearly blowing a 17-point second-half lead, but then flipping the script on a familiar Charger narrative, thanks to that Mike Williams 53-yard touchdown to retake the lead with two minutes to go. Justin Herbert accounting for nearly 500 yards of total offense, 382 through the air, which means if you're doing some math here, Mm. DJ. They had almost 100 yards rushing. Uh, How did that area of the Chargers attack kind of clarify itself in this game? Well, I thought it was part of the
0: plan going into this game. When you look at a a team you're playing the Steelers with a beat-up secondary, you've got no Minka Fitzpatrick, you've got no Joe Hayden, you knew it was going to take extra resources to slow down Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, which meant there's nobody there for the quarterback. When everything expands in that defense, Justin Herbert was decisive, and he took those free yards almost to the tune of 100 yards on the ground. It was outstanding what he was able to do. And, Buck, when you look at this team, when you get Eckler going, you get those two wideouts going – and now you add what he's doing with his legs, that's Bro. a whole different animal to deal with.
2: It's a game changer because you just don't see guys his size. 6'6", six, six, 235 pounds on the perimeter making plays. This is the part of the game that I saw at Oregon that got me excited about what he could be. Now he's adding that with all the other stuff that he does as a passer. It does give this offense a different dimension.
1: And for the Steelers, I mean, you mentioned uh, they were a little shorthanded in this game. They gave up 19 first downs in coverage as a coverage unit here for that Steelers defense, very unlike them. Uh, You certainly felt the absence of Minka and Joe Hayden. And that final touchdown to Mike Williams, look, I don't know if Minka Fitzpatrick Mm. makes all the difference, but with Trey Norwood kind of getting his eyes caught up on, on Keenan Allen in the slot, allowing Mike Williams essentially a free release in that cover two look from the Steelers. Oh, yeah. That was trouble. and No T.J. Watt. Yeah, that's huge. a huge I mean, That is part a major, it, right? major, yeah. major difference
0: maker that they were missing. But I want you flip it over to the other side, the Chargers without three defensive yes. linemen in this game. And so they I, figured it out. And they figured out a way. Braden Fajoko did a nice job in there making some plays. Uh, uh, Graziano did a nice yeah. job. Those guys all filled in and, and made it happen.
1: But here's the other part of it. The Steelers offense kind of played into their hand there by not Testing their run defense up the middle. I mean, uh, 55 yeah. total yards. In for Look, in this show, we are going to talk about ground games that are dominating with the Eagles, with the Colts, and the Patriots have been rolling on the ground. How are the Steelers not in that conversation, Bucky?
2: Uh, the Steelers are just soft, soft, with a big old T at the end. And that is a four-letter word in Pittsburgh when you think about what the Steelers don't do. They don't physically line up and try to manhandle you when they need to. Getting cute inside the Reds on the five-tight area. There we see screen passes. We saw fly sweeps. We saw empty formation. We saw everything but a little old-school smash-mouth football. Somewhere Chuck Noll is in football heaven just trying to figure out who is this team in the black helmets because this doesn't look like the Steelers teams that we're accustomed to. And if they don't figure out a way to become more physical on offense,
1: they're going to have a tough, tough road in the AFC this was a, i felt like a really nice game for the chargers too to just Absolutely. kind of figure to kind of bust up some of those old you know narratives about what they've been giving up leads having special teams blunders cause them to give up big leads but they they figured a way out of it and now they're right back in the thick of things in the division uh and a big part of our big 3 you go into your shower feeling tired
0: but as soon as you reach for the irish spring
4: a perfect home sweet home
3: rain or shine every day is a great day for fishing right you got rain gear but you can't overlook sunny day gear a columbia pfg solar stream elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days like literally
1: As we kick off this Elite Eight portion of our Move to Sticks here on Monday, Rhett Lewis, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks uh, back with you, taking uh, our, a look now at contenders in question. So these are teams like a couple of weeks ago, we might have said more than a month ago, we might have said the Chiefs sort of headlined this segment, right, with the troubles that they were having. They feel like they have righted the ship. So, there are plenty of other contenders that are having some issues here, Bucky, starting with one that is uh, still technically a number one seed in the AFC. Oh, the Titans? Yeah. You mean the
2: Emperor no Close? Yes. Because without the King, they're not the same the team. And so, you yeah. take <laughs> Derrick
1: Henry out of the lineup and this
2: team struggles, particularly the quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Now, to be fair, uh, the game against the Texans, he didn't have Julio Jones. He didn't have AJ Brown. Wait, hold up. Who's it against?
0: The that? 16th seed against the AFC. Against the Texans. The, Texans. the
2: Texans. They had, like, they, they, He didn't have everything. He had four interceptions. Did Deshaun Watson Look great. Didn't look great. And so I worry about this team because they've been able to win with toughness and physicality, but right now they're
0: lacking skill, and that's a problem in the AFC. I'm not going to put you on the spot because I don't know if I could either. There's no way you can name five players in the Texans. No uh, chance. Uh, no, no, hill right there. No tough. chance. Got to be tough.
1: Justin Reed, Tyron Taylor, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> That's yeah, are
5: your, are your yeah.
1: uh, Let me get to the Buffalo Bills here uh, because this team dropped from the number two seed in the AFC all the way down to the seventh seed. And look, when we started this season, the question was, can the Bills get over the hump, beat the Chiefs, right, and get into the Super Bowl? Well, they beat the Chiefs earlier this year, but that's not the problem. The big question now is, can they stop the run? Because Tennessee Titans ran all over them with Derrick Henry. Jonathan Taylor ran all over with the Indianapolis Colts this week in what was the largest home loss since Josh Allen has been the starter for the Buffalo Bills. And you think they're going to see the Patriots a couple of times later this season, who, by the way, have overtaken the Bills for the lead Mm. in the AFC East? There's your question.
0: Yeah, I'm still I'm still buying on the Bills, but I'm a nervous buyer. Yes, Uh, (laughs) I'll put it that way. A nervous buy. (laughs) I want to get to the next team here, and this is a team that I man, I don't know anybody's talking about it at all, but the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, yeah, they've been they had their first taste of adversity, and now you've seen them come out of that. And this, the guy carrying the ball right here, is what's got me excited Mm -hmm. because Joe Mixon gives him the ability to win different styles of games. We've seen Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, the aerial assault, and how much fun that is. But then you find yourself in some of these kind of grimy games where it's not easy and clean, and you can just turn around and hand it to your 230-pound back and let him go to work. This, to me, is a pretty complete offense right now, and I think on the defensive side of the ball. Remember Trey Hendrickson? I they do. let oh, Carl yeah. Lawson go. They bring oh, yeah. in Trey Hendrickson. I don't know. Everybody loved that move. He's got nine and a half sacks right now. Even Sam Hubbard are nice little duo. well, so they yeah. can rush the passer. I, I'm buying on the Bengals. they got a big one coming up against the Steelers.
2: Oh, look, the first big one that put the Bengals on the map was when they lambasted my team. The Baltimore Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. And I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens in terms of just keeping an eye on them because this is a team that's up and down. They play without Lamar Jackson, but found a way to get a win against Chicago. Their defense plays well at times, but, man, you see these big errors in the back end. This is a game against Chicago that they probably should have lost. They give up a double move late. Marquise Goodwin gets past it. Tyler Huntley comes and leads them down the field, and they somehow walk away with the win. And so they find a way to continue to put the marks in the win column. But, man, there's something about them that you
0: still wonder how good are they going to be when we get into the tournament. i take you from one bird to another. The Arizona Cardinals, to me, what they've done, with Colt McCoy picking up a couple wins, how many games have we already talked about today? And, Bucky, you were just talking about, it. well, you didn't have this guy. You didn't have that guy. Oh, the Steelers are missing Minka Fitzpatrick. and TJ. They didn't have a quarterback. And they've, they've <laughs> and they gone on it, the road. And they've gotten it done two out of those three games. So, to me, the Arizona Cardinals are very much for real. Not only are they winning on the road, they're winning it by double digits in oh, all these yeah. football games. They're dominating. So, to me, I think what they've done with their backup quarterback about as impressive as anybody, they're, to me, are clearly the class of the NFC right now.
1: Yeah, and just a, just a brief pause. I mean, has there ever been a year that has better described the importance of a number two quarterback? There have been 50 quarterbacks to start games now in the NFL, 50 quarterbacks here as we sit uh, with one game left of week 11. I'm going to get now to the 49ers. Okay. I'd love to say we saw Trey Lance, one of those 50, by the way, but we haven't seen him very much lately, although that hasn't been a problem for the 49ers, who have found their way on the ground, not necessarily with running backs, this week with Debo Samuel. Of course, led them in rushing. Uh, You'll have a bit more on that coming up here in just a little bit. Brandon Ayuk had one of his best games of the season, and George Kittle is a monster, As if, just in case anyone forgot while Kittle was on IR. He is back, and so too are the 49ers as a contender In the NFC West, I'm putting a positive spin on the contenders in question here. Because we had questions about them a couple of weeks ago. They're starting to answer them now.
2: They are starting to of answer and I like the way that they're trending. And yes. they're trending that way because they had a big emotional win over the Rams a couple Monday nights ago. But I'm still going to hang with the Rams because the Rams have star power. They have talent. Just need to see how they can put it together. Have the bye week so hopefully OBJ, Von Miller can get in the playbook and understand what they're doing while also understanding how they're supposed to act within this culture. Look, they play their worst performance that we've seen them play against the 49ers and they haven't been up to snuff when it comes to physicality but I'm a bet on the talent they have enough star power to get it done let's see if they can do it they've had trouble with bullies
0: right they need to face one of those bully type teams and really punch back and show some physicality I think what you're getting to there I'm going to go to the Browns and look I sat in this same chair yeah you did and I, I said give me the Browns I think it's the most talented roster in the league Uh, I'd like to bring that one back in because the talent is there. The health is not. Baker Mayfield, I know he's getting ripped for his play. You cannot tell me he's anywhere close to healthy. He doesn't look like the same guy. I mean, the injuries are out there. They're documented. But I feel like some guys get passes for those. I I don't think he is. He he does not look right. And when he is not right, this is a very lopsided team that is going to be 100% dependent on what they do in that backfield. Oh, guys, they've got two coming up. They've got the Ravens, a bye, and the Ravens again. So, everything is still in front of the Browns. Am I nervous? Yeah. You're darn right I'm nervous. <laughs> you're a little nervous about right buying now. On
1: them. <laughs> you are. Good news is Wyatt Teller's still out there mashing. Yes. <laughs> so, you got him paid. You got Petonio paid. Um, now we just need to figure out. I mean, can, can, can you I find get a way healed? to get Baker paid? Can played? I get Baker Mayfield's shoulder healed? That's, yeah. I think that's beyond that's, my powers. That is beyond <laughs> your powers, uh, I think. But the Cleveland Browns. Staying above water and above five hundred with this win over the Detroit Lions, but uh, definitely one that brings some cause for concern and question. And that's our contenders in question. Uh, Jonathan Taylor with a season high in touchdowns and with his five total touchdowns, equaling the amount of touchdowns the Bills defense has allowed to running backs in the previous 10 weeks. Taylor, over 200 scrimmage yards, And the catalyst for the Colts' victory in Orchard Park, New York. Okay, so you might understand that MVP has become a quarterback award, right? So the running backs want to get back in the conversation. Here, though, are, since 2003, some notable running back Seasons that have not resulted in an MVP. Just last year, he had King Henry go for over 2K. Chris Johnson, CJ2K, Mm -hmm. back in 09, couldn't get the MVP nod with over 2,000 rushing yards. Larry Johnson and Jamal Lewis, both with phenomenal seasons in 03 and 05, and didn't get it either. Adrian Peterson, though, the last non-quarterback to win an MVP back in his 2,000-yard season in 2012. So, Bucky, if it was going to happen, how could a non-quarterback like Jonathan Taylor, get himself an MVP?
2: Man, it has to be so muddy for the quarterbacks because this is a quarterback award. We like to give it to the quarterback on the best team because we feel like the quarterbacks drive the bus, and a lot of times they do. And so this is a situation where Jonathan Taylor will have to spearhead the Colts on a run that leads them to overtake the Tennessee Titans, and he finishes with a ton of yards. He obviously is on track. You already see 1,100 yards right now, and we're just a little past the halfway mark. He certainly will have the production, but will his team have the performance to make it happen?
0: 17 games, right? You get that extra game. So, to me, I think you look at a couple benchmarks here. The 2,000 rushing yards, man, if you can get that and get, get it, over yeah. 20 touchdowns. And you hit on it, Buck, just kind of a muddy quarterback market where you, you go around a room with 10 people, you might get four or five different answers of which quarterback's having the best year. I go back to LT when LaDainian Tomlinson was with the Chargers. He was just so far mm. much better than – it was no – it was – you, you well, he scored 50 yeah. touchdowns. You, you can't yeah. you can't uh, ignore what he's doing. I mean, it was just every single week. And you're like, okay, who's who's the best player in the NFL? Ask anybody LT. on the street. LT. That that's what it has to be this year for Jonathan Taylor. It's got to pull be
1: unequivocal. Off. So I mean, like you mentioned, the different quarterbacks that might be in the conversation. I mean, like we we started off talking about Tom Brady. Dak Prescott has been in that conversation. Kirk Cousins. I mean, with his touchdown interception ratio, uh, is up there. Lamar Jackson's La- been in that mix. Yeah, Justin yeah. Herbert's starting to get some buzz. Right? I mean, there's Mahomes just so many kind of perennially names. Is in that conversation even though this year is a down year so yeah you you have to do something exceptional as a non-quarterback right I mean, it's only happened like four times this century that a quarterback is not one
0: if you look at the Heisman Trophy we talk about how if you have a couple mm. players in the same conference they kind of split the vote yep. and then somebody else can win I think the quarterback vote could be split he just has to be by far the top running back which is on his way to doing
2: yeah he has to put up big numbers big numbers in a team has to perform at a level that really makes you Catches not. And so Jonathan Taylor has put up some of those numbers. We saw the five touchdown performance against the Bills. Now, can the Colts get on enough of a run where we start paying more attention to him down the stretch?
1: I just want to see a receiver win an MVP just once. You, know, you want I mean, Cooper like, Cup to win that thing so bad. Come <laughs> on, <laughs> Come on. What are we doing? We're breaking Jerry Rice records. Like, what else do we have to do here yeah. to get in the MVP yeah. discussion? You go into your shower
0: feeling tired.
4: perfect home sweet home
3: rain or shine every day is a great day for fishing right you got rain gear but you can't overlook sunny day gear a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days like literally I mean who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish but why do it if you don't have to So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear.
1: It's time for our weekly look at your rookie report cards. Queuing up Mac Jones, who we didn't see on Sunday, but saw in a shutout victory over the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night football. We're just giving him a good solid B here. Didn't take a whole lot. Uh, certainly winning again with run game and with defense, particularly in this game, showcased that accuracy and efficiency that have become his calling card with the Patriots this rookie year, and then took some sacks, as I'm sure you guys noticed on the scouts' feed over uh, on uh, Prime Video as well. Overall solid game, though, yeah. and it does help when your yeah. team doesn't score points. It that, does. That, that it helps take yeah. uh, a little pressure off. margin for error a little bit there. Meanwhile, the margin for error, though, for Trevor Lawrence, Bucky, very small
2: here. Uh, T-tiny. <laughs> yeah. Very, very small when it comes to Trevor Lawrence and his margin for error. And Trevor Lawrence is being asked to do stuff where he needs to put the team on his back. Dang, and unfortunately, with the D? he is not ready to do that. That's he a needs team more grade. help. That's a he team has grade. to play. Yeah, yeah, he has to the play no grade. shot Did, of blocking both. I mean, that nothing. Game. I mean, just all of it has been bad, bad, bad. Not until the end when uh, the 49ers kind of called off the dogs and let them throw some passes and stuff like that. Did he get it going? But it was a rough day. Rough day for Trevor Lawrence against the Niners.
1: And now their best player on offense, Jamal Agnew's banged up. Uh, As we man, all thought coming right. into the season. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. I hope he gets back out there uh, as soon as possible. Time now for some scout stories. Yeah, it's never too early to look at the 2022 NFL draft order, which has the winless Detroit Lions up on top there at number one. How about those New York Jets sitting there with two spots inside the top five, Jaguars and Texans there at three and four. This is kind of an interesting year because you're seeing some of the usual suspects up there in the top five, and some of those went quarterback last year, like the Jags. And the Jets, which means, of course, the Lions would have their pick of the litter, bad pun, um, (laughs) at quarterback here, especially for a year, DJ, though, where the quarterback position in the college ranks is very unsettled. At this point,
0: yeah, from what I've seen thus far, I don't think anybody warrants being picked up there in the top five out of this quarterback class. Now, there's two different ways to build a championship team. You can go get that big time quarterback and then build around the quarterback, or you can do what Seattle did during their Super Bowl Mm -hmm. run build up the entire team and then insert the quarterback. I think when you look at the Lions and the Texans, Both picking in the top five, Buck, I don't know there's going to be a quarterback for them to pick. To me, it's about establishing the line of scrimmage, whether that's a a really good group of defensive linemen, maybe go offensive line. Detroit did that last year. Build up the trenches, and then you're going to find your quarterback after the fact.
2: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that strategy because in looking at this year's class, there's not a, a, a slam dunk as you will when it comes to the quarterback position. And so if you don't have that quarterback that you feel good about coming in day one and being able to kind of reverse the fortunes of the franchise, add more pieces, add more weapons. So when you do find that quarterback and you have an opportunity to get him, you can get him and you can
0: hit the ground running right now. Uh, Look, the the other thing, when you look inside those two top five picks for the Jets, how about the situation there with Joe Douglas? Because you've got the worst defense in the league. Yeah, You know, you're hoping you're going to get Carl Lawson back, and that's going to help. You're playing a lot of young guys, but that needs to be addressed. Yeah. But then with Zach Wilson, there's still some holes along this offensive line that you've got to get filled as well. So they're going to have some decisions to make on uh, with those two top five picks. Now, there's going to be a lot of good
1: players to choose yeah. from. I mean, he'd love to have a quarterback really emerge as a bona fide number one yeah. overall pick, right? And then yes. have his pick of the litter or the best position player out there. And again, those quarterbacks that we're talking about, it's, it's the Matt Corrales at Ole Miss. It's Kenny Pickett at Pitt. It's Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, Malik Willis, um, and that kind of crew. Some of those guys which we'll see down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl as we start gearing up here uh, for the draft season, which is coming up quicker than you think, especially for some teams up there. Mm-hmm in the top five and one game left to put a bow on this week it's the bucks and the giants on monday night football and it's time for the bucks here bucky to figure things out haven't won in what feels like a month based on their last two losses and a bye week in between
2: yeah it's time for them to figure it out like a lot of times when you're the defending champion you go into the season there's a little uh Lethargic attitude that you have because you kind of done it. You, you want to fast forward and get to the postseason, but there's no automatic next step. And so this is the Bucks learning how to deal with everyone coming at them, yeah. getting their best shot. And so can Tom Brady... And the coaching staff get everyone on the same page, and they begin to put together clean football performances. Because if they do, Tampa Bay Buccaneers certainly have the talent to be able to get there.
0: My one, my one warning for the Bucks: I've talked to several GMs and coaches after they've played the Giants, and They're they feisty. all say that defensive front is very, very good. Yeah, now, it's going to be a good battle.
1: Yeah, they're feisty. And, uh, look, the, the Bucks kind of had a little bit of a lull. You might remember last year uh, before they went on that run, uh, close out their season mm-hmm. on the win streak, and then, of course, the rest uh, was history into the Super Bowl. And clearly the Bucs were an appealing destination for Tom Brady because of the talent that would have been surrounding him. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and all the talent they had on the defensive side of the ball as well. Similarly, it feels like the Denver Broncos have spent the last, I don't know, (laughs) three to four years assembling the talent at wide receiver, at tight end, and trying to figure out the offensive line for an eventual long-term answer at quarterback. And last week, they're paying him. Tim Patrick got paid.
0: You see Cortland Sutton got paid. They've got a young K.J. Hamler, who's a good young player. They've Jerry got Judy. Jerry Judy. Buck, this is, this is like holding out a sign in front of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers' house <Help> <laughs> saying, come on over.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, they have a lot of weapons. They are still missing that high-end quarterback that will push them over top. Yeah. You've got to be able to compete with Justin Herbert and then Pat Mahomes. You don't have that, you don't have a chance.
0: And I'm telling you, as bad as things have gotten in Seattle, and as frustrating as that is,
1: oh, I'm Russell, Russell Wilson. I might be trying to get my way there as well from NFC West to AFC West. That'd be interesting uh, out there. Um, Man. I, the, the Broncos have had, and they've been assembling this talent, it's just you got to have something to pull it all together there. I'm just imagining Sierra
0: covering uh, oh, John Denver now, a little, little, little Rocky Mountain High. All and that, bring
1: that hit back and right to the top of the charts. If you had Wham, Sierra, and John Denver <laughs> right. on yeah, your Move the Sticks music bingo card, you're the lucky winner today. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll be back with you same time, same place next Monday.
4: Your perfect home sweet home.
3: Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand.